welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll. And today, a very good friend of mine is joining us once again. He's been on the podcast before. His name is Josh Tolman, the campus director at Barry College. Josh, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm I'm doing really well. <laughs> you, Thanks, you always man. ask everyone the questions, man. Yeah. I figured I'd throw one back at you. Okay. Well, I'm ready. You got any more questions for me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm good, man. I'm doing really well. I'm happy to be here um, recording this in Rome, Georgia. So yep. I actually came up here to spend some time with you. The metropolis. It's a beautiful city, man. It's, I actually really do like it. So if you haven't visited Rome, and especially if you're listening and you haven't visited Barry College, come on. You know, come on through sometime come when on. it's safe. So mm-hmm. we'd love to have you. I'm sure you would love to have them. I, w- I probably won't be here. So. <laughs> Tiro won't be here. I would love to have you. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, Josh. Well, listen, man, thank yeah. you again for joining us. Um, we have a, a really good topic to speak on today. I think something that is so important for Christians to contemplate and to understand, to process, but it's not easy. So today mm-hmm. yeah. we are actually going to be talking about suffering and the heart of God. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, you know, before we get into some of these questions, uh, I think it's I think it'd be really good, Josh, if you could maybe just speak on some of your own experiences yeah. in your life that you've had that maybe uh, would give our listeners a better understanding of kind of the way you've thought through some of the things you'll be speaking on later. Yeah, um, every one of these, um, yeah, all of what we'll be talking about is very personal to me, um, and so. Um, if if you are out there, which I think that everyone, you know, it's it's not a matter of if we'll suffer, it's when. Right. On this For side sure. of Eden, right? So uh, I think that um, if you're out there, I, this is this like you matter to me. This ma- matters to me today. My my uh, just in short, my my story is very much tied up with with my wife and the trauma that she's experienced from a very early age. Um, and, and having to really ask hard questions of God. Yeah. Um, and then my son um, was on a feeding tube um, for the better part of a year. Um, and I, it, it, you know, waking up and wondering if I was going to get through the day mm. um, was, it was very challenging. And so I, um, we're speaking today about things that, that really matter to me. Awesome. Well, yeah. listen, man, uh, we appreciate you saying all that, and I think it's going to be um, really impactful for everyone who's listening. So thanks again for giving us some of your time. Let's do this, mm-hmm. man. I have, I've got some questions. Okay. Uh, you know the routine here. I've got some questions for you. I'm going to ask you, and then uh, we're excited to hear what you got to say. Mm-hmm. So again, suffering in the heart of God. So Josh, uh, let's see. In today's world, a lot of people believe that if you're a good person, mm-hmm. good things will come your way. And, right. You know, furthermore, if you're a bad person, bad things may come your way. Um, some people refer to this phenomenon as karma. However, mm-hmm. we know that this is not always the case, right? In, in fact, we know that suffering can happen to anyone, whether they are good or bad. So mm-hmm. can you speak on this outlook that most of the world has today? Yeah, I think that karma is out of a, a desire to control what happens to us. Like if I put good energy out there, I'll get good back. Yeah. Um, if I get bad things back, it's because I did so, so, something bad. So the the underlying belief is that it's somehow I can control what happens. Puts it on your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. You know, in in the book of Proverbs, you know, has a, a lot to say. Just like the world is wired in a certain way. Like, 
if I slap a stranger, they may slap me back. Like if I'm bad with money, then I'll be in a bad spot. Like if I'm irresponsible. And so there is certainly a cause and effect. But the book of Job very roundly critiques the idea of karma. Oh boy, yeah. Because Job, Job was a righteous man. And everything was taken from him. Yeah. And he spends the rest of the book wrestling with, how could God do this to me? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, man, I think that's that's actually a good kind of leading into the ne- next question I have for you. You know, I think there's a lot of people that have a hard time trusting in God mm. because of particular hardships that they have go- gone through. You know, in fact, uh, a common mm. phrase you hear all the time, I'm sure you've heard this too, yeah. is... If God is so good, how could he let bad things happen to good people? Or even, how could a good God let bad things happen to those he supposedly loves? So, mm-hmm. Josh, these are challenging questions, and I know we, we'll probably only be able to, uh, t- you know, scratch the surface, uh, so to speak. But um, how would you respond to these questions? Yeah, I like that second question much better. Um, the second question of how could God let bad things happen to those he loves? Okay, yeah. Um, the, the first one Im- implies that, um, we are by nature good, um, and, and deserving of good things. Um, but the, the, the Bible critiques that idea because it, it makes, sadly, it makes the case that we've put ourselves in in, the, in this position. Hmm. Um, and, and what I'm not saying is, yeah. is that the suffering in your life is your fault. What I am saying is that a broken world is the product of what Adam did in the garden of Eden. And that this was, this was never, this was never meant to happen. Right. In a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'll, I'll respond with three things. Okay. One is I don't have the answer to that, right? Like God is sovereign yet. Um, and he is good yet. Bad things happen on earth. I I just gave an answer to that in, in, in the sense of Adam sinned and the universe was splintered and nothing is as it should be. Um, the second thing that I have to say to that is that the Bible doesn't give us a God who doesn't care about that. Like the story of the Bible is him pursuing us in the midst of all that's happened in the midst of all of the things that have occurred. And so, and that's, it finds its head in Jesus on the cross, a perfectly righteous man getting involved in our suffering. So in a sense, if there was any other way, you know what I'm saying? Like if there was any other way, then it's done differently. Jesus even asked that question. What if there's any other, if there's any other way, but it was the only way. And, and you know, and I really want to be careful here because there, there's an intellectual side to suffering. And then that there's a, oh my gosh, my house is on fire type of suffering. Intellectual answers do not help when your house is on fire. Hmm. And so this answer will not help you. And I will get there. But right now, I, I, I will say this. There's a philosopher at Notre Dame by the name of Alvin Platinga. And and. He says, when, when you look, this is going to sound really weird, but when, when you look at a St. Bernard in, in a tent, and, and, and you see, you can, I, I know you're looking at me I'm weird. ready to hear the rest of it. Let's go. Like, you, you know, you can see the St. Bernard, 
but but you can't see the no seum, like the the like the tiny bug that, yeah. that'll bite you at the beach. And and what we what we typically say is that there could be no reason for my suffer there could be no good reason for my suffering because I can't see it. Does that make sense? So like if if God how could God be good and allow suffering in this world? Um the idea is inherently that suffering can never bring about I- anything good. Hmm. Because we can't see it. And and God will bring about something good. Now if your house is on fire, I just made you mad. So right. I'm now now I'm going to talk about what it's like when you're in the middle of it. Because this is what's been really helpful for me. And that is the heart of God. So I just talked about Jesus getting involved in the suffering. God himself came and and he got us. But then lastly is this. What we see in the Bible, and what we not only in the prophets, when when they see injustice. So maybe you've suffered at the hands of of injustice. Maybe someone has hurt you. Maybe someone's abused you. And I, I, I would say this. God is angry for you. He cannot wait to punish evil because evil affects people. And then secondly, what we get from John 11 is that Jesus weeps with you. He is not unaffected. He sits. Unlike Job's friends in the book of Job, he doesn't say stupid things. He sits with you in the middle of it. And he weeps with you. And that's, that's the answer that the Bible provides. And at, at some level, we're, we're, still, we're still waiting to see what God's going to finally do. Mm. You know? Yeah, man. Gosh. I mean, just thinking about John 11, it's, it's such mm. a uh, powerful passage of scripture yes as you are in the midst of suffering yes uh, i've been there um and uh that act- actual that passage itself has been such a a help to me in a sense as you said when when your house is burning yeah right yes um okay sorry i'm i'm, get, I'm getting a little off here because i'm just no. thinking about things <laughs> yeah yeah all right how about this um Another question, and if you need to come back to that and some more, feel yeah. free to, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. this might fe- seem like a little bit of a change of pace here. Yes. How have you seen um, the American worldview creep into the church hmm. and affect the way that American Christians actually view suffering? Yes. I think it's prolific. Okay. So I think that this is a perfect question um, because this negatively affects suffering people. Um so that there's this thing that sociologists have picked up on in the American church, or just really in Americans in general, and it's called triumphalism. Triumphal is triumphalism. Okay, it's it's the idea that we can do it. Like we are the best. We can champion. We can overcome. Right. Um. And so, you know, as soon as we see the Bible using a word like overcome, like, oh, yes, exactly. Like, that's, mm, that's okay. what the apostle meant. Um, but here's, here's what this looks like. God has prescribed a way for us to handle our grief, and it is called lament. L- lament is the—so if you have time, 
Um, and I would encourage you to read Lamentations. And you'll read quotes like this. God, you are a bear in hiding for me. You're waiting to get me. You have shot your arrows at me. Hmm. I and and it's is that it's that type of stuff where where the people of Israel have been exiled, and they have lost every right in a sense to call God their God, and yet God gives them the Book of Lamentations to come to Him, even though it's their fault. It's it's amazing to me, is that maybe you're out there and you're suffering, and and, and it's your fault. And you think, God could never be patient with me. Well, he gives even you, even you and I, the book of Lamentations. And says, come to me and grieve. And and that is so opposite the way that Americans do things. So mm. we, we tend to um, ignore and suppress the ways that suffering affects us. And we slap God's name on it and we say he healed us. Does that make sense? Say it again. We tend so when something terrible happens, we'll have a couple of days where we're, we're re- we are reeling, right? Which we should be. Um, and but then there's like, but everyone else kind of expects you to get over it, so they stop asking about it. They don't want to make you uncomfortable by bringing it up. And then all, and this is from personal experience. Yeah. And then all of the sudden, you're expected to be over it. Hmm. It's like this expectation this, that you're going to overcome. Implied expect- and as soon as you make someone uncomfortable by sharing that, no, things are still difficult, even six months later. Yeah. Even five years later. They're like, okay, I'm ready to get out of this conversation now. Mm. Um, and, and they leave that person feeling like they are the stranger. Wow. Um, and so what lament does is it forces us to sit and to be honest and and to in Jesus laments several times in John eleven, and, and the Psalms are one third lament, and and because what it is is, well, actually I said Jesus, John actually has come out of the the mouths of three different characters in John John eleven, after Jesus has let someone die. It comes out of the mouths of three of the characters in the story. Why weren't you here? Hmm. And so the Apostle John is giving you permission to ask. Yeah. Um, and, and Jesus knows that he's going to make it all b- better. If you know the story, he raises Lazarus, but he sits and, and he weeps knowing what he's going to do. So, I, Yeah, man. L- lament is so anti-American because we're always, it, it leads us to ask the question, like whenever I say, hey, we need to lament and, and we need to weep and we need to grieve and we need to take this to God in our anger and our raw emotion and let him sit with us, what I'm always met with is, well, when are we going to get back to real life? Don't let us stop living your life. Right. And I'm, I'm confused about what, what that life is because um, there's a sense in where um, if, I, if I'm too busy to sit with Jesus in my pain and to let God's people sit with me in, 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 in my pain, then there's something wrong. Mm. There's, there's something deeply wrong because there, there's no money payoff. There's no comfort payoff. There's, and, and when, when we don't, um, lament, but we suppress our pain and don't take it to Jesus, we expect everyone else to do the same thing. And we don't want other people to stop either. 
And I'm not saying this happens every time. If you're listening and you think I'm talking about you, I may not be. <laughs> it's it's like, it's, it's like the, I'm just saying like what if as a church we were like hey let's let's come around those who are suffering around us and let's lament with them and re- and reflect how Jesus is with them. Hmm. That's good. And you know what I'm about about to say could take us down a whole big rabbit trail but um, I think the tough thing is a lot of people don't really, and maybe, maybe this is another future podcast, yeah, but yeah. a lot of people don't really know how to comfort those who are suffering, how to be with those mm. that are suffering. Yes. And something you get is kind of what you insinuated earlier when your house is on fire. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Yes. Right. Which uh, is the worst thing. Somebody or could at say. least it's not. Yeah. This. yeah. Comparing it to some, something yeah, else. Right. Yeah. Good point. So. You know, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about future podcasts as well. Maybe, maybe we'll have you on to talk about that too, Josh. Yeah. But I think, I think it's it can be a challenge, right? What does it actually look like to lament with uh, someone who's really going through it? Silence. Ooh, that is the first thing that I'll say. It is silence, and it is letting yourself be moved by what's happened. Mm. That's the first step. So we don't have time for. No, it's okay. That's good, man. We might let this one go a little longer than normal, but that's okay. okay. Um, So what do you think that God wants us, his, his children to know and to feel when we are going through significant seasons of suffering? I think, I think he wants us to feel like we can take everything we feel to him is that God is not frustrated with your range of emotions and I I get this tagline all the time like just have faith like have faith or I I I see it you know I'm not the only sufferer that I'm that that I experience I walk with other people and I I think what we hear oftentimes is just the idea of faith Um, like trust God well the the idea of faith Uh, the Greek word pistis, Um, it is very much a relational word. There was a, a, I mean, just an amazing book written by a woman named Teresa Morgan on that word. And she studied it in its Greco-Roman context, the word pistis, and it always carries relational depth. So the idea to have faith is to lament because you are having relationship with Jesus Mm. in the middle of your suffering. To have faith is to take all of you to God in honesty, knowing that you don't have to have it all together to engage with Him. Um, and I and I, I think that as as a church, that's a gift that we can give to someone whose suffering is is to feel, yeah, <laughs> and to not expect. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, Josh, this is so good, man. I'm so glad you were talking about this today. Yeah. Let me ask you this. If someone is listening to this podcast and they are going through a season of, you know, significant suffering, um, what sort of advice or encouragement would you give to them? Um, I would want them to know that God has not forgotten them. God has not forgotten you. He saw what happened to you. And he's not only weeping with you, but he's angry about what happened and that he invites you to be honest with him and with his people. And so I, I think that that's the invitation 
for you, and he's patient, and he's kind, and he's gentle, and he's lowly, and he wants to be with you in the midst of this. He's not imposing... Um, he, he's not imposing something on you. <laughs> he, he wants to sit with you by the power of his spirit because that is when we can say, like, if we, if we allow the Holy Spirit, if we will set aside our triumphalism as Americans and we will let the Holy Spirit go to the darkest areas of our life, the suffering, the pain, the betrayal, I think that our lives would then radically change in the sense of we would know that Jesus is our Redeemer um, in, in maybe ways that we haven't before. So touch on that a little more, man, and maybe even from personal experience. Like yeah. you would know, you would emphatically know that Jesus is the Redeemer. Yes. What sort of joy, what sort of comfort, what sort of actual triumph would you yes. feel for the right reasons than triumphalism? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's good. What sort of things have you even seen? Yeah, man. It, um, lament, um, has, has made me more resilient. Be in and it has made me resilient because in every situation, because I have experienced God going to my lowest and darkest places. Yeah. And I, I have not arrived. I'm still learning this. But more than I ever have, I understand that God is for me. And I can I am so much more bold as I share the gospel that God is going to meet these people and that his Holy Spirit is real. Mm. Because there is no other way that I would have survived. And I got to see his heart for me in the midst of my house burning to the ground. Yeah, man. Yeah. Josh, again, this is so good, and we're just so honored to have you talk about this, man. Um, maybe one more question yeah. before we get out of here. Are there any order? Excuse me. Any other maybe further resources you could recommend to somebody um, who is a, a Christian who is learning, wanting to learn more about really how to process and handle suffering mm-hmm. in a, in an honoring way? I would say gentle and lowly. By a guy named Dane Ortland. Okay, it, so it's a book. It's it is a book, okay. Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. Um, if if you read another book, let that be it. Let that be it, please. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, any parting words before we close shop here, man? Um, I am honored to have gotten to talk about this. Um, and for those of you who are in the middle of, of a lot right now, um, I am so sorry. And I pray that God meets you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, with that in mind, let's, uh, let me say this. Uh, thank you to everyone who is listening. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, clicking play. We want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. And, um, and share the podcast, especially this one. If it's been helpful for you, uh, there's a good chance you might have a friend or a family member who... Uh, you could share this with and it might be helpful for them as well. So with all that in mind, I want to thank my good friend Josh Tolman for joining me. This is T-Roll saying thank you once again for listening and we will see you next time for another episode of the Campus Outreach Podcast. Take care. Take care.